This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. One-handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealou, three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch, and 13-year NFL veteran Drew Stanton. Well, we knew change was coming, and it came real fast. One day after the end of the regular season, two major changes. Kyle, you and I on Cardinal Talk, expected change. You have to expect change after a 4-13 and 13 season. Drew just gets off the plane, walks into everything that happened 24 hours ago. In case you missed it, Drew and everyone else, head coach Cliff Kingsbury, fired. General manager Steve Kime stepping away from his GM duties, no longer a part of the organization. So now you got a hole, Drew, at both general manager and head coach. And if we're all being real honest with ourselves, based off the season, based off what had been talked about, written about, said about, probably not too much of a surprise. Yeah, well, there's always going to be changes, but when they're this drastic and this swift uh, by Michael, it doesn't surprise you based on what transpired. And you look at the team and... And you always want to sit and look back and say, okay, there's reason for optimism. There's reason for this fan base to get excited. Right now, if you look at this team on paper, you look at where they're at, it's going to be an uphill climb. And you need strong leadership. You need a a unified front, uh, not only at the GM spot, but also the head coaching spot. And they have to be able to work in unison. And so you look at that and... um, you don't know when Kyler's going to be back. We saw that the surgery was had taken place and was successful and all those things. But there's going to be a lot of moving pieces and a lot of speculation this entire offseason. And the first thing that you have to do is make sure that you go out and get the most qualified candidate, whether it's in-house or out of the building, which you know we have not seen from this organization in a long time. Initial reaction, Kyle, to getting the news early Monday morning and then hearing from owner Michael Bidwell later in the afternoon. I think it was expected. Um, look, um, it, it's it's not okay the way the season ended, the way the record was. Um, you know, some of the uh, reoccurring things. You know, just the the leading the league in penalties and your home record and your late season collapses and your your clock management and your your usage of timeouts and being two and six in one score game. So all of these things factor into it. Now, I want to say. Um, you know, I think Cliff's coaching style has received a lot of criticism, um, but that's not to say it won't work. It worked um, tremendously well at the beginning of last season. Um, it works with other organizations. You just need the exact right makeup in the locker room um, for his coaching style, and, and, you know, it didn't seem to mesh with the roster that they had this year. Um, and, you know, to my point, look, all, all the blame for this season does not fall on Cliff Kingsbury, and it won't magically be fixed with a new head coach. And all of the blame with the perceived problems with the roster don't fall on Steve Kime. Um, there, the, there is plenty of fault to go around, and it should be shared equally with the players that were on the football field because they didn't always execute either. And so, you know, I think um, this change 
um, it, it, with both the GM and head coach. Um, it comes at a good time. It's you're not necessarily trying to find a head coach and a GM that fit the current roster because with you know uh, almost three dozen pending free agents um, with you know high draft pick. Um, there's going to be a lot of turnover in the roster, and, and you find a coach, you find a GM with a philosophy, and you can start to match that roster to their philosophy. No question, more change is coming. But it began on Monday with the news that this team is now looking for a general manager and a head coach. Here is owner Michael Bidwell. We all thought that we would take the next step up after having achieved a playoff appearance last year. It didn't happen. The people in this room and our fans know all the reasons why, dating back to last year, that different factors that, that worked against us, still not an excuse, and we expected better. I expected better, and we deserve better. Four wins, not good enough, regardless of what happened in the offseason during the regular season. You end the year with seven straight losses. Overall, the worst season since 2018. Cliff Kingsbury let go after four seasons as head coach. Steve Kime no longer the general manager, a position he held since 2013. So now the search is on. Here's more from the owner. The search has started for both the general manager and for a head coach. We're going to cast the net far and wide. Uh, we are going to look at internal candidates and external candidates. We're not looking at particularly offense or defense. The preference is to get a general manager in place first, but if that doesn't happen, we're not going to be afraid to hire the right head coach. And um, I've already interviewed two internal candidates for general manager, Adrian Wilson and Quentin Harris. I've also interviewed one external candidate, uh, and we've got interviews later this week. No announcements as far as coaching candidates just yet, but you heard Michael there say, Kyle, that it doesn't specifically have to be an offensive-minded head coach or a defensive-minded head coach. It seems like you go from one to the other, though that's typically if you had an offensive coach, then you go defense to offense, depending on what works, what doesn't work. But with you got this roster and naming the young quarterback, maybe you lean a little more towards the offensive end, but again, a wide net, according to the owner. Yeah, I think um, – Concerning Kyler, I think what you need is you need an offensive coordinator that fits with him, um, that can get through to him, that can continue to help him with his growth and his progression. Um, not necessarily the head coach, and you know it just depends on um, who it is and how the how it's set up. Um, whether it is a play caller as a head coach or whether um, it's truly a head coach and he has an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator, but. Um, you know, that's a big factor. Um, you know, we've talked about since Kyler Murray was drafted by the Arizona Cardinals, um, in spite of all the talent around him, this team will only go as far as Kyler Murray takes them. Um, and he is a special dynamic talent. Um, and then, you know, you've got all these other factors with his uh, injury and his rehab and when he's available and how quickly he can get up to speed with the new system, um, how he can get reps while he's rehabbing, um, you know, all of those things are, are going to be a factor. But I think, you know, look, Kyler's going to be here. Um, he's got the contract. We've locked him up. So, um, you know, that's got to be almost priority number one for whoever you bring in is how are we going to get the most out of Kyler Murray. When it comes to internal and external candidates at general manager and head coach, there's a feeling, okay, internal, yeah, you know what you've got because you've been around, whether it's the roster and the staff, 
and then the benefit of going outside, a fresh set of eyes to look at what is needed to get this team back into the postseason. Yeah, I mean, really what you're looking at, like Kyle was saying, is you need somebody with a vision. You need somebody with a philosophy, as you were talking about before, that that really is going to come in here and imprint foundationally what they want to stand for, what they're going to look at. And it has to be built around Kyler Murray. It has to be built around his development of what that looks like. But I also think that it's hard, and we've talked about it on the show before, I think it's extremely difficult because those are two different job requirements. And you see, again, the cycle because of the sexiness of being an offensive coordinator that some of these young offensive coordinators, they try and get out and head of the curve, and they want these guys to be head coaches and half of them fail because they're not great leaders of men. To be a great head coach, you have to be leaders of men. You have to find different ways to motivate people, and you have to find different ways to bring everybody together and do all of those different things. And it's extremely hard because so much goes into that one job title. And when you show up to the office, you're doing 10 things that are not X's and O's related before you even think about what that looks like for your football team. On the flip side, when you're the offensive coordinator, all your sole focus is just what are you doing? How can you make Kyler Murray as good as possible? How can you get him to buy in and get everybody else to follow? So whether that's internally, whether that's outside of the building, there's going to be candidates. This is going to be a job that people are excited about. But I think on the outside, some people may look at this and say, man, they're, they're in bad shape. They only won four games. They're a year removed from winning as many games as they did. They're going to get a lot of pieces back. And again, a lot of it comes down to coaching and being able to get in here and infuse these guys and get them excited about what it's going to be like. Because you look at these these strong leaders that we're starting to see rise up within the National Football League, guys like Dan Campbell uh, that come to mind. Uh, they found ways to connect with each and every player in that locker room and even when the hard times come they don't last and that's the biggest thing that I think that that you need to understand is when you know it's okay to lose one game here or there but when you go on these losing streaks it's extremely detrimental and that's where you start to lose the locker room at this point as we speak here on this Tuesday there are four other head coach openings across the league Panthers Colts Broncos and Texans so yeah if you're owner Michael Bidwell the urgency is there Oh, yes. There's an incredible sense of urgency. And uh, believe me, I've been uh, exchanging texts and messages and phone calls and, uh, and getting the input of a lot of folks and trying to get a 360-degree view of a number of candidates. You know, there is no fixed list at this point. I'm trying to cast the net as far and wide as I can. General manager preferred to be hired first, and I think that's what any organization, whatever company you own, you want the top hired first, Kyle, and then you kind of go down the list because you don't want to have someone come in and inherit something. Yet, at the same time, Michael was very honest. Look, if it goes the other way, based off my conversations, ultimately he has the final say in whatever happens, general manager or head coach. But I would think we hear a general manager announcement before a head coach announcement. Yeah, and I appreciate the fact that he's casting a wide net. He's not. He doesn't have a clear vision on exactly what he wants. He's going in with an open mind. Um, I mean, obviously he has ideas about the things he would like to change and the things he's looking for, um, but he's going into this with an open mind. And I think, you know, other than, um, you know, the fact that there's other openings, um, you know, the urgency is there for a number of reasons. And, and as you said, uh, a lot of times you want to hire the GM first because you want to make sure that the GM and the head coach mesh and their visions are aligned. So the GM often has some input, has a voice on the head coach that is hired. Um, but as we've talked about on this program before, 
the gears of the NFL never stop turning um, in the offseason. You know, immediately after the season, you've got to evaluate um, your own free agents. They become a priority. Which ones do you want to get resigned before free agency starts? You've got to evaluate the players under contract. Can we upgrade at this position? Is this somebody that we can move forward with, or do we need to find somebody better? And then, you know, the calendar ticks away quickly in the offseason. You've got free agency, and you've got a high draft pick. All of these things, you know, the the progress toward figuring out the best decisions in shaping this roster um, need to start happening soon. Michael talked about a, or used the phrase, real partnership between the general manager and head coach. So that is his number one priority right now, finding who we can find at general manager and head coach, and then start discussing about the roster, current players and players to add to get this thing turned around in 2023. Episode 55 of the Day Patch Podcast featuring comedian Frank Caliendo is coming soon. To catch up on past episodes, just follow the Day Patch Podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at HashPod. First edition, off-season edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Your ticket to great seats. Head coach, who is out there? Who should be here? And who is needed to turn a 4-13 team around back into the playoffs. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, somebody who I've really grown to like and appreciate. Uh, just a great man. I, I've been around this organization my entire life. And I don't know any coach that has worked harder than Cliff Kingsbury. He has put in countless hours and we had a good long conversation today um, in which I told him I, I, I'm really sorry because this is a tough decision. Uh, but at the same time, it was a decision that needed to be made. And um, I wished it could have worked out better for him because in terms of putting in the effort, there's a guy that really deserved to have the outcome that we were all expecting. First one in the building, the last one to leave. You hear that from players. Well, for head coach Cliff Kingsbury, that's what it was here inside the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. Put in the work to get this thing turned around, and as you heard owner Michael Bidwell say, it just did not happen. You are judged by wins and losses, Drew. And at the end of the day, 4-13 overall after four seasons, 28-37-1 with one playoff appearance. You're not going to get extra opportunities no matter who you are as a head coach. Yeah, well, especially when the arrow's pointing down, right? When you look at, at what's going on and what's transpired this year, and Kyle talked about it in the earlier segment, when you are the most penalized team, when you find ways to lose football games, when you are have a bad home record, all of these things, you want to be able to look at this next season and say, okay, we're trending in the right direction. And this was a complete downward spiral the entire way. And so you look at it and you say, okay, now is the time to make a change. And again, it's not uh, anything against Cliff. It's the fact, you know, Cliff's a, a great guy, a great coach, but the set of circumstances in which was demanded of this head coach and this organization at this point in time, it didn't align with what Cliff 
stuff was about. And it's not about hard work. I mean, there's so many coaches that live in their fears that, you know, that will spend endless amounts of hours up there in the building. If that equated to wins and losses, everybody would just sleep in their office. You know, there, there's so many guys that would do that. That's not the case. It's about working smarter. It's about working with the guy that you have, developing the talent and being able to rely on all 53 on that roster and the practice squad because the injury bug did come around this team. You know, but so many teams, if you look at the different teams that dealt with injuries or, or even positions, right? You think about offensive line, and I know that was decimated this year. So many teams in the NFL were. So that's not an excuse. You can't sit there and rely on this and try and use that as a crutch because nobody wants to hear that. Eventually that falls on deaf ears. So you've got to be able to find ways to motivate these guys and get the most out of them, develop them through the coaches that you have and get people to buy in. But, you know, uh, it's unfortunate because I think Cliff felt good about, you know, obviously signing the extension, doing all these things about working with Steve Kime, about really staying focused. And the guys in the locker room, I think, genuinely liked Cliff. It was just when you give too much of a leash to some of these guys and then you try and pull it back, it's too little too late. We saw on several episodes of Hard Knocks in season, Kyle, when you looked at how Cliff handled his players, whether in meetings or individually, he respected them man to man and treated them such. And to Drew's point, maybe needed a little be a little bit harder on those. But he came in with the idea that I don't, I should not be the one to motivate you. You're adults, handle yourself like adults, like men, and come ready to work. Now, maybe those players in there took advantage of that and now need someone to kind of be that hard person and come in with some tough love yeah you're right and, and I'm kind of divided on how I feel about that and like I said earlier I, that type of coaching style can work and it does work and it has worked for a lot of teams um, you got to have the right makeup in the locker room now uh, to me um, treating someone like a man is holding them accountable at times getting in their face and, and letting them know when they're not doing what they're supposed to do when they're not being disciplined um, you know, that's what being a professional is about, is accepting criticism and making change. Um, but, you know, again, you know, Cliff Kingsbury at some point down the road will probably be a head coach again. Um, I don't know if it'll be in the National Football League. I don't know if it'll be in the college level. And I, I truly believe he will be successful, um, you know, especially when you're coaching at the highest level. Um, you learn things and you adjust. And, um, you know, the one thing I could tell you, players and coaches, look, um, one thing I was good at throughout my career was losing. I mean, I was on a lot of losing teams, and it just steals so much joy from the game. It is so hard to go back to work. It is so hard to work as hard as you can to play through pain and to come up empty week after week. And you could see it really wore on Cliff. I mean, just appearance-wise at the end of the season, um, when he walked into this building as a head coach, nobody had more swagger than Cliff Kingsbury. And you just didn't see it at the end. And that's because losing – is tough and when like um, Mr. Bidwell talked about he worked so hard and he almost felt like he deserved to win more than he did um, you know so that that's that's the tough part of this game look everybody can't win um, and when you have as many losses as the Cardinals did this year it wasn't fun for this coaching staff I'm sure it wasn't fun for a lot of the players on that football field because in the end you work extremely hard um, hoping and preparing to win games. Have not yet heard from Cliff Kingsbury to get his reaction. Good morning, football's Peter Schrager, though, relayed a conversation he had with Cliff earlier this morning. 
Cliff. I spoke to him yesterday after he got the news. Actually said Mr. Bidwell was incredibly classy, brought him in, and they had an emotional farewell. Bidwell and Cliff had no beef by any means. If anything, Cliff really steadied the ship. I mean, once Mexico City happened and you had the situation with the offensive line coach and you come back and the general manager takes a leave of absence, you're talking about leadership roles being gone. And Cliff said, put it on me. I understand. And they hadn't won any games and they were going down this road. And I think Bidwell decided that for the better of this organization, let's just start with a clean slate. If you're Mr. Bidwell and you're you're looking at this, you're like, you must really want a clean start because you're eating that number. And if you're the fans, you've got to feel at least enthused that the owner isn't worried about, well, what's my wallet saying? He's going for this thing. As Michael mentioned in his press conference, quote, no one is hitting the easy button. This is a tough decision and whatever financial loss there might be, ramifications, then he's willing to do that to get this team back to where we all hope it is. And that is a consistent playoff winner. And yeah, sometimes you have to make those tough decisions that maybe set you back initially, but hopefully it's the whole take a couple of steps forward after that one step backwards yeah well and again it's easier said than done because we're just fans sitting here looking at that uh, and it was a hard decision and this is a business it is a financial decision at the same time you can't lose your fan base there has to be all of these things as you look forward to next season and uh you know the extension that both steve and cliff were able to sign in the offseason you know, is going to set them up for money for the rest of their lives, which is great. Uh, they put a lot of time and effort into this. And saying that, Michael also made a tough decision because ultimately, I remember, I can't remember which game it was that we were doing post game, and they're like, fire, fire Kyler, fire the GM, fire the. And fire Michael. And I was like, the owner doesn't get fired in this equation. He never gets fired. He's just the one that has to unfortunately take the hit to his pocketbook. Now, in saying that, there's plenty of good candidates out there. There's plenty of good people out there. You just hate you know, to, to have to pay somebody that you're not actually going to get in the building every single day. But when that there, there is a precedent that has to be set of you have to go out and do your job. And unfortunately, it was not up to the standard of what the owner wanted. And so he decided to make a change. It's easy, again, to say it's another thing to actually go out and do. So now with an opening at head coach, what's it going to take to find someone? Obviously, once again, finances play a factor in that. Bidwell asked about that on Monday. Well, what I'm willing to do financially is get the best coach and the best GM. I don't know the biggest name uh, correlates to the best coach. So I, I guess what I would say is I definitely want to make sure that we get the best coach and the best general manager for this team. We'll live with the financial consequences, and you guys don't have to worry about it. We'll take care of that, so we'll manage our way through it. Getting the best doesn't always mean paying the most money in order to get what you want. Yet, at the same time, and it was asked during Monday's press conference, Kyle, the big name out there and maybe takes the most to get as far as financially is Sean Payton, the former Saints head coach who is still under contract with New Orleans for two more seasons. His name is out there. Jim Harbaugh's name is out there. Those are the big names, but maybe it doesn't take a big name. Maybe it takes a Vance Joseph, Cardinals defensive coordinator, or another young looking for an opportunity offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator across the league. Yeah, uh, there, there is a lot of big names out there. There's um, you know lists on the internet that are almost endless of potential head coaching candidates. Um, you know, we talked about when. Um, you move on from a head coach in the National Football League. Typically, your next hire is somebody that's has a different philosophy, maybe wired a little differently. Um, you know, I I think with the situation we're in, 
Um, I, I think you probably need somebody that has had NFL head coaching experience. I think, you know, uh, one of the things you can say about this year is there was unprecedented adversity with this team. Um, some of it on the field, a lot of it off the field. And when you're a head coach, um, you don't necessarily understand that that's what you're signing up for. You know, Cliff Kingsbury had to deal with a lot of things that came across his desk that had nothing to do with X's and O's and, and nothing to do with game planning. Um, so, uh, you know, to have somebody that's been involved with some of those situations that has made those types of decisions in the past, um, whether it be Sean Payton or Jim Harbaugh or Vance Joseph, I think there is value to bringing somebody that does have that experience to fall back on. A head coach gets so much more on their desk than an offensive coordinator, special teams coordinator. Not so much on the field stuff, but to Kyle's point, true, all the other stuff, the off the field stuff, the phone calls in the middle of the night that you would not get if you were just an assistant. Exactly, and that all plays into it. It's all a portion of it because you're dealing with everything as the face of the franchise and being able to do that as opposed to just truly coaching football. Join the season ticket priority list and select your seats before the general public. Next season's opponents, yeah, the NFC West, Seahawks, 49ers, and Rams, plus you got the Giants, Cowboys, Ravens, Bengals, and Falcons all visiting State Farm Stadium. For more information, go to azcardinals.com slash priority list. We've hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Your tickets, great seats. When we come back, yes, more on how much influence Kyler Murray has in the decisions upcoming. That's next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Cardinals with a chance to make it a one-possession game if they can get it in here going for two. Snap to Kyler, looking right. Now back to the middle, now runs to the right, being chased, backing up at the 20. Looking, still dancing around, pointing, still holding the ball like it's street ball in the backyard. He's still got it, runs right to the 10. Cuts left to the 5, and he's going to score! Oh my goodness! Kyler Murray on a play that took about a minute somehow gets into the end zone for two points. This is the entertainment capital of the world, and I don't think I've ever seen a two-point play as entertaining as that. I have never seen that before in my life. Hey, you know what, Kyler? Sit down and do the Yoda right now, because that is unbelievable. And it is what separates Kyler Murray from a lot of quarterbacks across the National Football League. The ability to use his legs to make something out of nothing. That a flashback to week two. Cardinals beating the Raiders in overtime 29-23. But that two-point conversion, one of two that was needed in order to get the game into overtime. As we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Your ticket to great seats and talking about Kyler Murray with respects to the head coach and general manager. Now, before we get into that, I think another interesting point that owner Michael Bidwell made on Monday when asked about Kyler Murray's rehab, it was, and I want to make sure I get the quote correct, where he would like to see Murray rehab and was asked if he would like to see it done in Arizona. Quote, that's what we would like to see. I know that's something that you've brought up, Drew, a lot as far as you need your leader, regardless of position, but your face of the franchise needs to be in the building around his teammates and cannot be away while he, whether it works out or in this case, rehabs. And when the other says we would like to see it, 
that's almost like, yeah, you better be here and rehab. Yeah, well, you know, and I'm not putting words in Michael's mouth because he said this, and this is my interpretation, or this is what I would say if I was Michael. Things kind of started spiraling even in the offseason as it began, right? And a lot of different things, whether it was the suspension with DeAndre Hopkins or them not showing up and, you know, being able to actually get real work in, even when Kyler showed up because he didn't have his contract and Rodney Hudson was threatening retirement. All of these things, it makes it hard when there's so many balls in the air before you even get to training camp, when there's so many things that you don't really know what's going to transpire. And so you want to get these things worked out and they're not worked out. And, and so you want to have continuity. You want to have the offseason check boxes for you as far as, okay, we, were, we installed the offense, we moved forward, we did all the things we wanted to do. And so that portion of it, is going to be having Kyler Murray in this building each and every day. That portion of it's going to be him being a leader because that money that he got paid wasn't just for his performance on the field, his performance off the field of what it means to be a leader, not only in that locker room, but in this community of getting out and being involved in the community, having a visible presence of what he's doing. That's what a franchise quarterback does. And part of that is rehabbing here. Part of that's getting those guys together. And it's not just bringing them down to where you are in Dallas or anything like that. It's about showing up and being here here for one another and being able to to rely and depend on the person next to you and it starts with Kyler Murray and I know a lot of people are saying well you know can he run a, a pro style offense because he you know is a college guy that can do all these things Kyler has the skill set to be able to operate within any offense and yes he has the ability to scramble and do all of those things and extend plays because it's slow for him outside of the pocket at the same time you've got to be careful because we saw him get injured this year in doing that so those design quarterback runs that everybody's been enamored with that have trickled over into from the college game that's not the way of the NFL you saw so many guys get hurt this year even Jalen Hurts he's just coming back now from injury is he going to be 100% Lamar Jackson so people are figuring out that type of run game within the quarterbacks and you're exposing them to extreme danger and you're investing a lot of money in them. So you have to have them on the field. So you need an articulate guy to come in and be able to give an offense. And there's got to be give and take. Kyler has to take ownership of the offense, and it has to start with the offseason, and that's imperative. We don't know how long Kyler's going to be out. Is he going to be available week one? Is it going to be week six, week ten? We just don't know. But what I hope to see is regardless of his availability in the offseason as far as being on the field Kyle is that he is around because with a new head coach you're going to have to learn this offense because it's not going to be a one-year head coach the coach is going to be here for several seasons hopefully an extended contract as far as upwards you know you want your coach to be here a long period of time well you need to learn and foster that relationship and you can't do that if you're in Dallas. No, you're exactly right. Um, I, I don't think we should hope he should be here. I, I think that should be the expectation for your franchise quarterback. When you when he got that contract, even before that, when you're the quarterback and you're the leader, um, you know you don't have to be first in, last out, but you better be pretty close. You know, respect in the locker room comes from your skin in the game. How much time did you invest? How hard did you work? And the difficult scenario that that the Cardinals have themselves in that you just alluded to is. Kyler won't get to rep these things in training camp. This is going to be a new offense, potentially, more than likely, um, that he's going to have to learn, and he's going to have to start from ground zero without getting reps. So he needs to be around. He needs to be involved in um, in not only the learning process, but also talk about, you know, give his input. These are the things that I think will work. These are the things I do well. This is how I would like to go, how this 
this play. I'd like the progression to go like this instead of this. And, um, you know, again, we've talked about it's whatever head coach, whatever offensive coordinator, their job, number one, is going to have to be developing Kyler. You can't do that if he's not here. You can't do that if he's not around his teammates and not a part of the install and not a part of um, of designing an offense where he is the centerpiece, where he is the one that makes it go. And so, um, you know, I understand he's early in the rehab process and, and we're talking weeks down the road before players get back in this building. But um, I think that should be the expectation because, uh, you know, again, just speaking of Kyler Murray, the biggest place that he needs to continue to grow is his leadership, and he needs to take control of this locker room and be that guy. The other news item with respect to Kyle Murray that came out of Monday's press conference is the fact that during this search, general manager and head coach Michael Bidwell is going to listen to leaders in that locker room, Kyle Murray among them. We're in communication and uh, and absolutely want to get the input of uh, our leaders, uh, including Kyler, and have spoken with uh, a number of leaders already. Now that word input, that certainly caught a lot of people's attention, whether they saw it on social media. But if you hear it and if you define what input is, Kyler Murray is not making this decision. But if you're the owner of a team or a company, do you not want to solicit ideas and opinions from those that you have surrounded yourself with, in this case, players that you have extended and offered a lot of money and are paying a lot of money too. So, yeah, I'm willing to listen. It doesn't mean I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And I don't think Kyler Murray is doing that. But there's no, it's not unusual for a player like a quarterback to have an opinion on what is going to happen with the team that he plays for. Yeah, it's not like he's going to ask Aaron Brewer, the long snapper, what he thinks about. No disrespect to you, Brewdog, um, if you're listening, which you aren't, but that's okay. And saying that, right, you hear it about once the list gets dwindled down, right, once there's a, a final candidates or whatever, um, you're going to have to have a conversation with Kyler Murray. When you show up on this job, you've got to make sure you're on the same page with Kyler Murray. You have to make sure that there is some kind of charisma between the two of you because that's your lifeline. That's your livelihood as a coach is your quarterback, your franchise quarterback that's coming off of an injury, understanding, okay, this is how you see things, just getting a, a natural sense of how they can coexist and how they can interact with one another. I mean, I, I know just the first one that comes to mind is when Bruce Arians was looking you know, to take the Chicago job. He went and had lunch with Jay Cutler. That's just natural. Once it gets to that point, it's not like they're sitting there saying, okay, well, I want you to go hire Lincoln Riley because he was my college coach. No, that's not what Michael is saying by any means. He's saying, we'll take the input of his uh, along with the input of you know, the input from Buda Baker, from guys that are trusted veterans that are going to be mainstays within this locker room because those relationships all matter. This is a communication type of business. This is a relationship type of business. So those relationships matter. And saying that, once the list gets dwindled down, that's when I think you'll have some of these prominent figures in this organization maybe go out to lunch, have a phone call, do any of these things. I mean, you know that that's the case because there has to be continuity across the board from all of these people that were going to be sitting there and trying to get on the same page. It just makes too much sense to me, Kyle, because the head coach spends so much time with a team, whether a one side or the other or one player or another, but that relationship you need to have to where you can go out on the football field and actually do what we all want, and that is win games. 
Yeah, the relationship, the respect, um, those are huge factors. You know, I think that there's very few owners that have their finger on the pulse of their teams like Mr. Bidwell does. And, you know, that was apparent in Hard Knocks. You know, he, he's in the game planning meetings throughout the week and not, he's not interjecting. He just wants to know what's going on. He had talked about, you know, keeping players accountable when he got in front of the team and, you know, no more cutting corners and he knows who's cutting corners. So he knows those things. But I think, you know, it, less than who, it's about what and what qualities are we looking for in a head coach what would you like change what things could you see us doing better and differently than we did this past season because again um look it's it's not one thing that's going to fix this team it needs to be a complete cultural shift and so you do you you want some input from your quarterback you obviously um you know you want input from players that have been on other teams how did your last head coach do this you talked to Calvin Beecham you talked to James Conner you talked to DeAndre Hopkins. You talked to Hollywood Brown. What things do you think we need to do to help this organization move forward? And you take those qualities, and, you, and then you try to find the head coach that fits those qualities. One more item on Kyler Murray. It is, he is going to be coming back. Let's not lose sight of that. The question is, when does he come back? Here's more from owner Michael Bidwell. He's going to recover from this injury, and, and we're going to have uh, a great player come back next year. And so I think it's really important for us to make sure that we, we don't lose sight of that. And let's not lose sight of 13 months ago. We are the hottest team in the league just 13 months ago. And so you've, you've all seen it. There are teams that have been down a few years ago uh, that have flipped around and now are in the playoffs. So I feel like we can be a quick turnaround. We've got to get the right head coach, the right general manager in here. All you have to do is look at the current playoff picture. Seven of the 14 teams are brand new. And then you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. They went worst to first. And that is something that has happened at least twice in 19 of the last 20 years. So it is possible. Doesn't look realistic at the moment when you're staring at a 4-13 and record and upwards of 30-plus unrestricted free agents and a number of injuries going into the offseason. But, yeah, we've seen it time in and time again. Teams can turn it around real quick in the National Football League. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. Craig Riolu, Drew Stanton, and Kav Anibosh. More on the search not only for a head coach, but the general manager as well as we continue every Tuesday at 11 a.m. year-round here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. I think the key is casting the uh, the net far and wide, uh, making sure that we've got somebody with a very good plan, with the right leadership skills uh, that can come in, uh, not only at GM but also at, at, at head coach. I don't I don't know that we're as broken as maybe people think. I mean, our record is terrible, but when you you look at the talent on this team, we've got a lot of talent. We've just got to make sure that they're all playing together and staying healthy. The Arizona Cardinals ended 2022 with 18 players on injured reserve. 11 of those players starters. Six of those 11 on offense. So it also happens. That's going to be a little bit lucky as well as far as staying healthy throughout an entire 17-game regular season going into the postseason. Welcome back. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. As we continue to discuss the news of the week, the news of Monday, 
a new general manager, a new head coach. That is priority number one right now for this organization as far as the general manager is concerned. Is that someone already here? As we mentioned earlier in the show and we heard from owner Michael Bidwell, this team has already interviewed three candidates, two of those internal, Kyle, talking about Quentin Harris, the VP of player personnel, and Adrian Wilson, the VP of pro personnel. They know what's already in the building. They know what the roster looks like. And maybe when you're not quite the guy and not the decision maker, maybe you do something a little different. Although, once again, an external guy would come in with a fresh set of eyes to maybe that's what is needed here. Yeah, I don't have an opinion on that. Um, Again, um, I really respect Quentin Harris and A-Dub. I think they do a tremendous job. and, And if they don't get that opportunity here, I'm sure they will get that opportunity somewhere else. Um, very soon. You know, one of the things um, that Michael Bidwell said um, is, you know, your first priority when, well, your first priority every season is is winning your division, right? Um, and we talked about this a little bit off the air earlier, but um, you just look at the talent on our roster, and there is talent to build around. There is cornerstone pieces on this roster. It is not bare bones, and I agree with his assessment that we're not as far away as people think we are. Um, you know, just again, looking at being two and six in one score games, like we're close, we're there. Um, and, and we had a lot of our talent, you know, sitting in street clothes on the sidelines. So um, we do have talent. Now saying that, um, you know, whoever this GM is, this is a crucial offseason for evaluating our own talent and for adding talent, because I'm not sure that we stack up real well talent wise, even with everybody healthy with the San Francisco 49ers. And then you look at the rookie contributions that the Seattle Seahawks had this year. They did a tremendous job and hit a home run in last year's draft, bringing in contributors that helped them get to the playoffs. Um, So I I think, you know, whoever it is, they need to be excellent talent evaluators, evaluators both at the pro level and at the college level and upgrade the talent in order to win this division. From a general manager's standpoint, though, when you look at this team, Drew, it's got to look attractive because of the number of unrestricted free agents because now all of a sudden you can have a say who stays, who does not stay, and then the number three overall pick, which you hope when you have that top five pick, needs to be a generational player that is here for 10, 12 years and making an impact, whether that's on offense or defense. Yeah, well, you know at number one, they're not going to take a quarterback, right? And you know at number two, they're going to take a quarterback because they need to at Houston. And so now you're sitting there pretty at three saying, okay, we've got a good feel where, like you said, you're going to get a generational talent. You're going to get a difference maker. And much different than in years past when you're drafting in you know the, the high teens or the 20s or wherever that is, you have a top five pick. You have a chance to go get somebody that can can make a difference impact day one that can change the culture of your organization right and that's when these opportunities come along you take them very seriously look at that or there's the possibility of then trading back for somebody else that wants to get a quarterback and getting even more picks so there's a lot of flexibility there a lot is going to go into being able to evaluate the status of what's going on and like Kyle said whoever the GM is going to come in and first assess the roster that's here and then they're going to look to the draft and free agency to be able to do all those things to round it out. But when you have the third overall pick, you're looking at guys you know, just from college football in, in general that can get after the quarterback, and that's what this team needs. They need somebody that can do that because those are where you find these difference makers that you're not just going to be able to go get in free agency because when you have them, you don't let them out of your building. Cardinals, again, looking for a general manager, looking for a head coach. When it comes to roster control, who has control on that? Here's owner Michael Bidwell. And there's always that favorite question of 
you know, who's in control of the roster. It's, it's when you look at it, pretty much every team around the league, except for just a few exceptions, there's a real um, partnership between the general manager and the, and the head coach. And I think that's, that's what we're looking for, rather than trying to dictate something up front. He was also asked as far as whether he wanted to see someone in a head coach role with a more CEO mentality. And again, casting a wide net, looking at all different types, whether that's at general manager or head coach. But once these hires are made, what is the next step? Here's more from Michael. I think the number one thing is we need to really make sure that we're getting the most out of those players and that the players are uh, 100% committed to making sure that we do everything we can do. And I've been speaking to some of our leaders, and uh, they're, the, we want to make sure that we've got the culture of that locker room, the culture of our uh, organization, really focused on maximum effort and making sure we do everything we can do to win the NFC West. We talk about the talent in that locker room, and twice during that press conference, Drew, Michael used the word regressed. And it's something that we've discussed, but never has it been discussed publicly by someone, whether front office, locker room. But this was a talented roster. Yes, they were injured, but did not live up to that talent in 2022. Yeah, the other word that stuck out was effort, right? That was something that we saw a lack of week one, and it just kept going down. And, and I don't think that's a head coach's responsibility, right? That That is the leaders that Michael's alluding to in that locker room. Those guys need to step up and man up if this team's going to get better uh, moving forward. Did you guys put your hat in the ring, by the way, for either position? Because I just want to make clear that if you are the head coach or general manager, you're still doing this show on Tuesdays. Can I fire you if I'm the head coach? Oh, wow. Every other I, Tuesday I mean, I mean, now, wait. too. Every other Tuesday okay, now. Okay, wow, that was a no, shot I did not I, need. I'm retaining you. Don't worry if okay, I get Okay, good. It. I'll have some input and decisions around here. <laughs> Special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro, technical director, Zach Larson. For Kyle Vandenbosch, Drew Stanton, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.